Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Aesthetic Surgery Journal Open Forum Podcast. These podcasts are freely accessible on Apple Podcasts and ASJ Open Forum website internationally and represent the highest standard in aesthetic surgery education. I'm your moderator, Dr. Mark Albert, and I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon in private practice in New York. In the coming months, you'll also be hearing from my co-moderators, Dr. Ryan Austin, Dr. Denise Sarhadi, and Dr. Mariam Zamani. So today we have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Robin Sipperstein, author of the recent ASJ Open Forum article entitled, Infraorbital Hyaluronic Acid Filler, Common Aesthetic Side Effects with Treatment and Prevention Options. So hi, Dr. Sipperstein, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, and thank you so much for inviting me to join this podcast. So if you don't mind to start, briefly tell us a little bit about yourself and what your practice is like. Well, I'm a board certified dermatologist and about 12 years ago, I founded my own practice in Florida and slowly along the way, I was able to find other like-minded practitioners that were interested in giving the same level of high quality care as me. And we have grown now to about 11 board certified dermatologists. Wow. Um, We have two freestanding buildings, one in Boca Raton and one in Boynton Beach, Florida. And while I concentrate in cosmetic dermatology, our practice pretty much offers it all from medical and surgical, as well as cosmetic, and we treat all age groups. That sounds so great. So, I, you know, I've read your article, and it really is a phenomenal, phenomenal article that has so many key points and learning points for even really experienced injectors. So I'm excited to hear from you about the article. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about why you, you decided to initiate this study and, and produce the manuscript. Yeah, um, so it was interesting because I've been treating this area for many years. And along the way, I kind of realized that it's very easy to create great results. Um, however, what's more difficult is management of these patients. And over the years, I kind of became this referral for um, others in the area having difficulty with this area. And I thought it would be very helpful to take my experience of treating all these complications and kind of put it together for more people to share it with, because um, I've definitely made a lot of mistakes along the way and no one else has to make them. I can share them and, uh, we all can learn from them. And so uh, the other thing was I was finding that in the under eye area, it was surprising everybody that these side effects and complications could come up years after. And, um, you know, I, I was getting referrals with patients being referred out for medical, expensive medical imaging because doctors, not only just primary care doctors or ER doctors, but dermatologists had no idea and plastic surgeons that um, it could be three, five, 10 years after infraorbital hollow treatment, and you could have side effects from that. So when these doctors were seeing swelling, these patients were ending up getting these expensive workups. So I just think um, better education is necessary at this point. Um, this is very timely because uh, Juvederm Volbella just got 
FDA approval for this indication. So I think a lot more people are going to be doing this procedure and we're going to have a lot more complications that we need to manage. But thankfully, um, they are all very easily managed. I've never had an issue of something that hasn't been reversible. And um, just, you know, from my experience, love to share that with everybody. Um, I actually had a few patients that have told me they've tried the procedure elsewhere and they've either been bruised or swollen and they would never go through it again. And so, you know, after coaxing and explaining my techniques and how I'm able to prevent some of them, I've gotten some of them to do these procedures, which can be life-changing. Um, it, you know, I, it's interesting. I, I told you that I'm in Florida. Uh, my offices are surrounded by retirement communities. And yeah. therefore a lot of the patients that I get are in the um, age range of 65 plus. So I list in my manuscript, obviously ideal candidates are those to treat with caution and those not to recommend. But um, I do treat a lot of the ones that are on the list with treat with caution and they're much more likely to have side effects. And I think that's why I got so good at managing those patients um, that I, you know, a, a lot of these patients don't want to dissolve. They have a little bit of swelling, but compared to the prolapse fat pads that they had before, it's still an immense improvement. And often just a little filler in their cheek to camouflage a little bit of swelling um, is enough to get them along. So um, that's kind of part of the some of the tips and tricks that um, I wanted to share with everybody else so that uh, I, I often see like if there's any issues, it just immediately gets dissolved out. And I don't think that needs to be the case. Right. Well, I, de I want to definitely want to delve into all those finer points. It, it's funny. You mentioned Valbella. So because you're exactly right, it was recently approved for that indication. And, and in order to actually purchase it moving forward, all practitioners have to undergo like a almost like an hour long training with five tests and then a final exam. I mean, the level <laughs> yes. of education that they're providing is really impressive, actually. And they're, they're high quality lectures also. So it was great to see. It was great to see. Um, I commend uh, the company for going above and beyond in providing that training and not saying this is all for everybody without training, you know, making sure that um, they're giving it, that they have stressed that it's not just about them selling the most possible, that it's about education first in this area, which right. I agree with. So, you know, if you had to choose just a few of the, the most important findings from this paper, um, what, what would you say they are? Well, I think it's the tips and tricks that I've kind of learned along the way, I think are what most listeners are going to want to know about. Um, so I personally use to prevent, uh, I talk about four major, the most common aesthetic side effects, which are kind of bruising and the swelling and the Tyndall effect. Um, so to prevent them, some little tricks I use, I use a vein finder from AccuVein to locate my pilot hole and I use a cannula. Um, I recommend not injecting right above that malar septum area. There's this area kind of on the lateral maxilla that loves to collect swelling. Um, and so I often recommend to an injection point below it or lateral and superior to it. I think that helps. Um, 
one of the things that I, I have a separate paper on, but is referenced and explained in this um, publication, is that I do offer adding one milligram of triamcinolone to the filler. And I go into very in-depth explanation because I think if you are gonna offer that, you need to kind of educate yourself first on that. Um, if used incorrectly, there can be issues, but at this low dose and the way I do it, um, I have had no problems and it's been a game changer. I have people that have swollen horribly without it. And once I put just that one milligram in, it makes it such a nicer experience for patients. And that's kind of what I love to do for my patients is, is try to give them the best experience possible. Sometimes it's not just about the end result, but about the entire experience getting to that. And if I can decrease their swelling and their bruising, it, it helps go a long way in building that relationship with them and the trust. Um, and that they're always impressed that I, I care about their experience. So um, that's a couple. One of the other things is uh, recently it went viral on Instagram, but I've been using it for years. Um, if you watch these late night episodes, you'll see these skin tighteners where people have these horrible you know, prolapse fat pads and bags, and they put oh, this sure. cream on and they go away instantly. Right. So um, I use this as a com facial compression because it's really hard when people have swollen legs. We use, of course, ace bandages with compression to wrap it and to get that swelling under control. It's really hard on the face, but this has been a game changer for me is that every night um, right after the procedure, I have them put on. So basically I get that compression and then they wake up in the morning with a lot less swelling. Um, that's another tip that a lot of people um, like and that I included in this paper. Um, and then the paper goes on to there's a whole nother debate on cannulas and needles, which we could <laughs> probably spend a whole nother podcast going into. But um, I want to do some future research on that. I think there's a lot left to be explored in that area. And I'm really looking forward to my next paper being on that one. Do you have any recommendations? Because you met, you brought up bruising, and that's just something that we all deal with when it comes to to injecting the lower lid. Do you have any any suggestions for bruising specifically, not necessarily swelling? Uh, for prevention or treatment or both? Uh, more prevention. So again, using that vein finder for my entry hole, and then using a cannula. I pretty much eliminated bruising. I would say maybe one percent of my patients that happens to be on prednisone or, you know, um, blood thinners, or it's mostly, you know, those with fragile vessels. I find those on long-term prednisone with COPD and things like that. Um, you just have to be much more careful. And with my cannula, if I feel any resistance, I don't know if it's a ligament or a vessel. And so I just redirect and try to go another way. And with a cannula, and using that vein finder, I do really well not getting any bruising. Again, redirecting if I feel any resistant, being very, very light-handed, injecting very slowly. Um, and then if there is any bruising, I bring them back. I offer complimentary treatments the next day in my office. Um, you can do it with either an IPL or a PDL. There's a lot of options. Um, and that resolves most bruising within 24 hours. It's a great tool to use. Um, but we all know bruising does go away. Um, we also offer uh, in my office complimentary application of some great makeups. There are a couple great companies that provide really great coverage. Um, 
we use in my office, we use it, it cosmetic by by redness. Um, but there's a lot of other great companies that provide a coverage and it, it's, you know, totally different, you know, when you ha when you're able to cover it and go to work the next day and there's no social downtime, it makes a world of difference. Well, I could stay on here for another hour picking your brain about injecting the lower lids, but I think we do have to end here. I really encourage everyone to, to look up Dr. Sipperstein's article on ASJ Open Forum. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you. I look forward to seeing everyone for our next ASJ Open Forum podcast. Thank you for joining us. Have, have a nice day.